0: Hi, I'm Grant Berry. Welcome to the Romans 911 Project podcast. We're stepping into the reconnection in the one You man and the fullness of John 17 love and unity is becoming a reality. In each episode, we will drill down into this reconnection message and the final reforms for the ecclesia, for the church. As we will discover, it becomes a power key to help open the door to God's end time plans for the preparation of the bride, the last great harvest, and Israel's salvation, all of which will lead to the Lord's return. The reconnection message has end time consequences for us all. Beloved, here is the topic of discussion for today. Why is dual language important to us now as Israel awakens in the church? Today, we're going to discuss wording and terminology in the Romans 9-1-1 project. During this transitory period in the body of Messiah, the body of Christ, in our One New Family, I think it's helpful for us to create terms that enable us to describe the process we are entering into between Jewish and Gentile believers and between Israel and the church. The reconnection is one of these phrases, and I use it as an umbrella term to incorporate all different aspects of this process that are reuniting us in the family of God. I also use the term to communicate the heart of this transaction from the Father to personally reunite Jewish and Gentile believers, you'll often hear me refer to the term, the reconnection. Here's an example. Through the restoration in the One You Man, we all receive healing. Through the reconnection, we reconcile and reunite with one another. And through the realignment, we begin to live and act out new roles and lives together as a united family under the God of Israel. There are times that I use the reconnection phrase on its own, as I just mentioned, and there are times when I join it to others to better define the process. I also capitalize these terms in all of the books and materials to bring more attention to them. Now, a little bit about other words and terminology. In Romans 9 I use what I refer to as dual language I think this is going to become really important for us in these coming days to understand this and I use dual language when writing Christian and Messianic terms for example Jesus is the Greek translated name of our Messiah and for our Jewish believing brothers and sisters I use his Hebrew name, Yeshua, even though Yeshua is becoming more popular in Christian circles, which is totally fine. Remember, beloved, there's love and liberty here. For Christ, I use Mashiach, Mashiach and Christ, and for the body of Christ, I use body of Messiah and Christ. And I think it's important for us to use both terms when writing, especially when writing or speaking now that we are moving into this restoration, into this one new family, to honor both my Jewish and my Gentile believing families. Plus, I think this will help Jewish believers feel more comfortable and more included in Christian circles. You might be surprised to hear that our Lord was never called Jesus while here on the earth, instead, he was called by his Hebrew name, Yeshua. Please understand, I personally have no problem with the use of Christian terms, and I have a great love and respect for my Gentile-believing family who uses them. However, from a Jewish perspective, many of these names and terms have been used in the past against the Jewish people to persecute them and even kill them. So what might be near and dear to us is most definitely not to them or to most Messianic and Jewish believers who choose to relate to our Lord using Hebrew wording or other English or Greek terms. An example of this is the name for the Greek word, Ekklesia, which in English is translated as church. And because of past persecution, Most Jewish people will not even go near a church or anything associated with it. We need to begin to gain a deeper understanding of some of these obstacles that Jewish people face, especially when we're wanting to bring Yeshua to them, to be sensitive to the things that are being used against them, even though they may be near and dear to us. And that's why using the messianic terms in our witness is, is important. So messianic believers in Yeshua will use congregation or ecclesia in the place of the church, at least when referring to it. And for this reason, I use church and ecclesia interchangeably, depending on my emphasis in my writing and on my emphasis in who I may be speaking to. And there are Few examples of door language I use in the Romans 911 materials and in all of my other writings to be sensitive to these realities. Plus, when I teach believers to share the good news with their Jewish friends and neighbors, I strongly emphasize the use of messianic terms in our dialogue because it's essential for us to be able to diffuse these barriers that I've already mentioned to you. And let's remember that the heart of the apostle Paul might actually help us here. He was a Jew to the Jews and a Gentile to the Gentiles. You could look at this in 1 Corinthians 9, 19 through 23. He knew how to work and be sensitive to both groups. And I think it's really important for us as we begin to build our Jewish witness that we gain a deeper understanding of these things to know how to bring the gospel back to them, to help them return to the natural branches as it talks about in Romans 11. Beloved, what matters most is that Mashiach, Christ, is proclaimed. And one other note on dual language when writing it, as a Jewish believer, I use messianic terminology first like how in other words i will put yeshua and then uh, slash jesus but if you come from a gentile background you could easily do the opposite for example you could put jesus and then yeshua because this is how you personally refer to him and i think it's important during these days of israel's awakening that we all learn to become more sensitive to this issue which i have written about in much greater depth in the Romans 911 project Romans 911 is all about jewish and gentile believing issues and helping them to find a pathway back to yeshua so it's necessary in the book to use terms that help bring greater def- definition for this reason i do not often use the word christian nothing against it, but I use, do, don't use the word Christian to describe believers because this could include both Jewish and Gentile believers. So it's important for me to find definition between the two So uh, in my writings, because I'm writing about bringing the two groups together. So rather, I use the terms uh, Jewish or Messianic uh, believers, and gentile believers or gentile believing church and messianic body for corporate references so you know exactly who i'm referring to specifically in the text the word gentile actually means non-jew and it is also the term used in most bible translations when differentiation is needed between the two groups now You'll also see sometimes, especially in my other books, the first two books, the New Covenant Prophecy and the Ezekiel Generation, when I write the name of God or the Lord in my writings, especially in the New Covenant uh, Prophecy, I admit the middle vow. And I do this when addressing Jewish people or Jewish believers, because this tradition has gone back for thousands of years amongst Jewish people that most Christian people are not aware of. In Judaism, when uh, the Torah, the five books of Moses was written, the Jewish people considered the name of God too holy to write, which shows actually, it actually shows great reverence and respect for our Creator, for the Lord. And so early on in my walk, as the Lord was reconnecting me to my Jewish roots and heritage as a believer, When I first discovered this, I was immediately impressed by it because it always served to remind me of the holiness of God's character. So whenever I wrote his name, I adopted this into my writings. As a Messianic Jew, I also believe that we have liberty to practice the traditions of our fathers and the heritage of Israel, as long as it avoids legalisms in our spirits. But I've also noted that this can be confusing to my Christian brothers and sisters. So as I developed in my writings, I now use the hyphen only when I'm writing something that might be read by a Jewish person or Jewish believers. And I also encourage all Christians to do the same through their own Jewish witness and evangelism. First, because Jewish people who have knowledge of their religion will better relate to this which is important and second it serves to improve our connection to them when we are trying to reach them with the love of yeshua i want to do my best to try and bring this home to you especially to god's children from the nations if you're from a gentile background as a jewish believer um, I wanna try and explain to you some of the things that we may be more sensitive to in order to help you understand, better understand this process and why I think dual language now is so important. You know, recently I watched this incredible video. Um, it, uh, It was about 10 minutes long with every possible name of Jesus uh, of the father of god under the sun and it, and it even used adonai but it admitted his hebrew name yeshua and i was so impressed and impacted by the anointing on this particular video but in my heart beloved i felt a little sad uh, and even it, and i wanted to send it to some of my jewish friends but it was so focused again on Jesus and Jesus Christ, and instead of adding Yeshua and Yeshua Hamashiach and adding that Jewish element, I couldn't. I couldn't send it. I, I sent it to one Jewish person, but I explained to them that uh, it 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 could have used, um, uh, you know, his his uh, Hebrew name as well to explain who he is. So I'm trying to explain that to you. And then here's another thing. If you're sharing the gospel, you know, as a preacher or a teacher, or even in a Bible study, what happens when one Jewish person walks in the room? You know, we have, the church has been managed by God's uh, children from the nations for so long that we're so used to using Christianese, Christian terms, which are fine in, in a Christian environment. but If we're in the stage now where God is beginning to open up his church for Israel to be restored to the family, don't we have to become more sensitive? And what happens? I'm I'm speaking specifically now to teachers and preachers and pastors. What happens when one Jewish person is in the room, maybe not even saved, doesn't even know the Lord? Shouldn't there be a place where we are more sensitive uh, and to using a language that may be more inviting to those Jewish people that may be listening. Remember, beloved, there's a pathway here uh, as the Jewish people return to faith. You know, when I teach on, on, on drawing Israel to jealousy... Uh, it's not difficult to draw Israel to jealousy if we're walking right with the Lord and and being uh, and and in intimacy with Him, and we get close to to our Jewish friends and neighbours. After a while, after we've um, asked to pray for them, they see that there's a connection. They see that something's real. This is how I actually was drawn to faith. I was drawn to jealousy by uh, a Christian girl who had a Russian grandmother who learned to love the Jewish people. And you can read about that in the New Covenant Prophecy. But what was key is that she had learned to use Messianic terms and also to establish a pathway for me, actually, that Yeshua was Jewish. And he is obviously the Messiah, right? Yeshua is the only real extension of Judaism. So one of the classic errors we we tend to make when sharing the gospel uh, even after we've shared this intimacy intimacy, is we try to bring them into the gentile side of the tree to the gentile experience when we are supposed to encourage them to return to the natural branches that's what it actually says in uh, the book of Romans that the Jewish people will ultimately return to the natural branches and so I think that's enlightening to us at this point and it doesn't take much to learn you can read uh, uh, chapter 11 in the Ezekiel generation really is a whole chapter dedicated to the evangelism a witness of the Jewish people and the key the greatest key to it is to unconditionally love them um, and ultimately um, uh, heavenly doors and windows is what I call them will open for you to be able to share conversations and plant seeds and keep praying for them to come to faith, because that's obviously the key. Uh, I, I believe I came to faith because that young sister that brought me the gospel, prayed and fasted until I came in. This especially applies to churches that are in more heavily populated Jewish areas. I truly believe we have to learn to become more sensitive, um, to inviting jewish people to come into an environment that incorporates both jewish and gentile perspective love and unity in the one you man and of course um through messiah we come in to this beautiful one new creation where we love one another equally and we're equal in the spirit But that does not eliminate the different expressions we have. And we need to be able to encourage Jewish believers to become strong because they need to shine the light, especially in this day. They need to shine the light back to their own people. We are living in those days where the veil is about to lift. And there's a great need for us to learn now to be more sensitive to this. Beloved, join us. Next week, as we discuss taking a new journey into the One You Man, may the God of Israel richly bless you in all you do. Lots of love in
1: Yeshua. Thank you, Grant, for that insightful discussion. To dialogue with Grant and Halley, please send comments and questions to email at romans911.org. Again, that's email at romans911.org. If you resonate with the Romans 911 project, please pray about partnering with us to bring this reconnection message to the threshold of the church. Sign up for our monthly email, join our global virtual meetings with other believers to dialogue and pray together, and most important, read the Romans 911 book, Time to Sound the Alarm. And view the Romans 9:11 study guide, 12 to 14 hour video teachings, which are free when you purchase the study guide. The Romans 9:11 books and teachings are transformational into God's end time plans to prepare the bride and reform the church. They help to create the breakthrough that will change the world. The Reconnection message is like a golden key from the heart of the Father to restore love and unity in God's family that opens the door to the fulfillment of Yeshua's prayer in John 17. And it establishes the pathway for the body of Messiah, the body of Christ, to receive the greater glory. But this Reconnection message in the One New Man has been hidden during the Church Age, in the mystery to reawaken Israel to faith and is only just now coming to light. That's why we need your help to fund this project, to bring the message forth, to help us blow the holy shofar, to awaken the greater church into this restoration. Now is the time. Would you pray to give chai, to give life to the reconnection, to reach the church and the messianic body and help unite the family of God? To fund the Romans 911 project, we have created the Give Chai Life campaign. Chai is a Hebrew word meaning life, but it also represents the number 18. And for just one Chai, $18 a month, you can make a difference. Please be prayerful about this. We can't do this without precious saints like yourself who are beginning to get this revelation to help us bring this message before the church. For more information on the Romans 911 project, please visit our website at romans911.org. It's easy to remember. romans911.org. Please also subscribe to the Romans 911 project. Wherever you listen to podcasts at the end